Welcome to the Unbecoming Podcast, where you can join me, Stephanie Baranowski, in an authentic, personal perspective of my expat journey and my many travel adventures. Grab a beverage of your choice, set yourself up in a cozy environment, and be prepared to be inspired. Each episode, I open up my personal narrative of what it's like to unbecome everything you once were in order to become everything you were meant to be. Let's dive in, head first, eyes closed, and a strong cup of faith. January 1st, 2023, and I wake up in London, England, United Kingdom. Very cool. Considering a year ago, I had dreamed of this, I had been planning this, I had been counting down the days for this, I was over the moon joyed that I got to wake up in a new year, in a new place, and I reflected, I reflected, okay, I, I moved here at the end of May, how long have I been here? Okay, let me count. So beginning of June, let's say July, August, September, October, November, December, January, about seven months. Seven months. Now, I've talked a lot about the concept of moving somewhere with lots of my friends who have moved. And one particular friend of mine, actually, I haven't talked to her in a little while, um, but she has moved to multiple Canadian countries and she's done a lot of traveling. And one of her biggest pieces of advice and and knowledge to me before I even moved to Vancouver, the time that I moved to Vancouver, was the first five to six months is usually a novelty time. You feel like you're on an extended vacation. That's when everything is new, everything's bright and shiny, and you're exploring and you're having fun. And by all means, go out have fun, explore your surroundings, go to cafes, talk to everybody you meet, get to know people, build yourself a social circle. But at about five, six month mark around there, that's when it's going to set in. I actually live here. What? Okay, so this, I'm not going back home. I actually live here, sleep here, wake up here, I eat here, I work here, my hobbies are here, I have new friend circles here. Wait, 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 wait. I live here. Okay. Now the holiday season, as I've talked about before, was very much a spiritual journey for me. And New Year's Eve wasn't any different. I had the opportunity to make plans in advance for New Year's, and I chose not to. I chose not to because part of me wanted to really spend it by myself. Okay, I had spent Christmas by myself, other than getting together with my one friend. I really, really enjoyed diving deeper into my spirituality and realized I wasn't done. I wasn't done. And not only that, but 
I'm not a huge person that gets into partying or drinking. I don't drink. I don't drink alcohol. And so for me, the concept of making plans, I thought about it. Well, a lot of my friends are younger here. Not to say that's an issue or anything like that, but they're a little bit in a different stage than I am in in some respects. Although what I have come to notice here is that kids grow up really fast and people grow up really fast. So even though they're younger, um, I find that people are actually more mature here in a lot of ways. So my friends that are younger are actually maturely on the same level as me, or maybe I'm immature. I don't know. There could be one or the other. Maybe I'm an immature person. I have an immature mentality. Maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe it's the other way around. Not sure. But I feel like with all my life experience that I have and my education, that I am a pretty mature, grounded person and socially, emotionally mature. Um, you know, I have my moments, but I think on a pretty big scale, I think I'm I'm there, right? So I I could have made plans, but I chose not to. And then the day came around, and then I had a little bit of FOMO. So New Year's Eve came around. I worked New Year's Eve, and everybody kept asking, oh, you have plans? What are you doing after this? And I, the more people asked me, the more I had to rethink it in my mind. Well, should I have plans? Is that something that I should be doing? Like socially, I think everybody is expecting me to have plans. But then there was a couple people around me that validated me where they weren't doing anything. They had no plans. They had plans to just go home. Either they were working in the morning or it just wasn't important to them. And that's the cool thing about living the expat life in a place such as London because you meet other expats and you connect and you understand each other on a different level. And so me saying I didn't have plans and why It was no question. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. No question. Oh, yeah, no, I think I'm going to do the same thing. I think I'm going to go home and do the same thing. It's like we were connecting on the same soul level. Like there was a level of understanding that we didn't need to speak to each other about. We just got it. And I don't know if this is merely an expat thing where... You, maybe you need that time of self-reflection, of time to yourself, of maybe not celebrating with a group of people. Or maybe a bunch of us expats have similar personality traits, where maybe we do want to just spend time by ourselves. I'm not sure. I haven't quite figured that out yet. All I know is that there was a little bit of FOMO, there was a moment of it, and then I let it go, and I realized, no. This New Year's Eve will probably be the only and the last New Year's Eve I ever get to spend by myself. Why not? So I made plans with myself that I was going to go see the fireworks um, around in my area in Canary Wharf. And I was just going to maybe just chat over text with a couple people. And then a friend of mine also from one of my workplaces had suggested, make sure you eat grapes underneath a table. It's tradition. It brings you good luck for the year. Okay, I'm going to do this ridiculous tradition 
you have to eat 12 grapes. 12 grapes underneath the table right at midnight. Okay, I'm going to do it. Why? Because, well, I'm at home by myself, so I might as well look a little ridiculous by myself as well. So that was my plans. I go home, and at first I was like, oh man, I'm home. I'm I'm cozy. Do I really want to go out? Yes, Stephanie, you're going to do it. You're going to go out because... You don't need to spend all your time inside. There's a time and place for that, and now is not the time and place. So right at the moment, right at the time, I get all my stuff together, and it's about, I would say it's about 11.30 at this point in time, and I started hearing early fireworks. Okay, it is my time to go out. So I get my stuff on, and what do you know? There's fireworks right outside of my building, right off the water. I didn't have to go very far. It was right there. It was beautiful. It was up close. It actually, in my entire life, has probably been the closest I've ever been to fireworks in my life. Right over the water. I live in Canary Wharf. My building, I walk out my front door. And there is a garden area, and all I have to do is take about 20 steps to my right, and there's the water. So I live in this very beautiful place, which is very unheard of in London, and I get to experience on New Year's Eve watching the fireworks over the water right outside my building with the comfort of myself. I recorded, I took pictures, I did some people watching, I watched other people. There was actually quite a few people that were by themselves. I wasn't the only one, which is really nice. Lots of people by themselves. Lots of families. Some couples. Not very many, actually. And the fireworks ended. But then I heard more. Oh, you have got to be kidding me. Well, I can't go home now at this point. I need to go see these other fireworks. And I know there's water on the other side that's not a very far walk. So I started walking and I knew there was going to be a pier. So I started walking in the other direction. And I walked and I walked. And as I walked and as I went over the bridge, I saw the fireworks. I heard the fireworks. I took pictures on my way. And the original pier that I was going to go to was a public pier. But then I looked off to my side, on my right, and I noticed, oh, wait a second, there's a gate open, and there's a private pier to a private residence. Well, this is just my luck. This is where I need to be. I start walking and investigating and exploring this. So I walk through the gate. I see only... Six people on the pier. It was nice and intimate and cozy. And I walked all the way to the end of the pier and I had the most beautiful view of the water. I could see Greenwich Park on the other side. It was very open. The skyline was so open. Whereas in Canary Wharf, you have all the really tall high rises. So it's not as open. You're over the water, but it's not as open. But here... I had open skyline. 
And I could see the fireworks clear as day, beautiful colors. And I just sat. And I just sat there and I enjoyed it. And I was by myself. And it didn't bother me that I was by myself. It was what I needed. I must have sat there for an hour and a half. Fireworks were still going off from many different places over the water. It Down off to the side by the beach area, there was a little mini party going on and they had their own private fireworks. So I got the entertainment of that, of people watching. And it made me really glad to make the decision that I did because I knew that spending this time by myself for self-reflection was an extension of my Christmas holidays, of spirituality, of connecting with myself. But it was also such an empowering experience. How cool is it? How empowering is it to be able to have the courage to spend New Year's Eve by yourself, which is the epitome of getting, in Hollywood movies, of getting a New Year's kiss and spending it with a loved one and having that romantic tie to it. But here I was, this intimate moment by myself. And there's all these memes on the internet, these empowering women's movements and femininity memes out there on the internet that say, you know, if you can go to a movie by yourself, you know, you're a truly an independent person or a powerful woman, or if you can eat by yourself at a restaurant. But no, I would say I've done that many, many times before. I would say spend New Year's Eve by yourself, not just in your home watching, you know, sad love movies with takeout dinner, but actually go out and spend time by yourself what comes up. And it is so empowering to experience spending it by yourself. And I'm glad I did. Do I want to make it a tradition every year that I want to spend New Year's Eve by myself? No, I would love to have a New Year's kiss. I'd love to spend it with loved ones and, and, you know, a future partner. But I'm glad that I got to experience it in my lifetime. It was an unbelievable experience where I got to just sit there for An hour and a half, almost two hours if you combine both fireworks together. Two hours by myself. And fireworks, I'll tell you, in London here, we're still going off well into four in the morning here in London. Uh, People were celebrating and they just, they don't just celebrate, they celebrate. Um, I never got to experience London Bridge being being lit up, but that's another big uh, thing here in London that people do is they go to London Bridge to go experience the fireworks and the people. I'm, as much as I love all the travel stuff, I really don't like the touristy type stuff. I kind of get a little anxiety over the touristy stuff and being surrounded by so many people. Um, I think, you know, in my younger years, I would have appreciated that and, and really absorbed the energy of that. But for me, it's, you know, I'm shoulder to shoulder with people, battling the crowds, how much, you know, good experience do I actually get out of it or how much grounded experience do I actually get out of it, right? When you're, you know, surrounded by a bunch of tourists taking pictures and in your way and I'd rather not do without that. So here I am by myself. I've spent two hours by myself outside just watching fireworks and reflecting. So empowering. 
And then the droplets started to come down and it started to just dribble a little bit outside. And so it was my cue. Okay, I need to go back home. I, I need to walk back home. And you'd think that walking back home late at night in London is scary. You know, I'm by myself. I'm a small woman uh, walking by myself in a foreign country, in a foreign city. And there's nobody else on the streets, really. Should I be doing this at two in the morning by myself on New Year's? Probably not. But you know what? I've found here that London, you know, I've heard that it wasn't very safe, you know, not that long ago, but I actually find that it's a pretty safe city to be in and be a, a woman here in this city and traveling and being by yourself. I have never once felt like I needed to really watch myself or somebody was going to attack me or anything like that. Never once. Maybe grab my phone out of my hand. Yeah, I'm very hesitant. That's a thing here. People snatch phones. And my phone is like my little mini computer. But to attack or anything like that, personally, I've never felt that here. That energy doesn't exist here. So I go home. I walk myself home. And... I lie down in my bed, and before I close my eyes, it felt good. I'm glad I did what I did. I'm glad I took the time to just be by myself. This will be probably the first and only time I ever get to experience this really, truly empowering, reflective moment. Close my eyes. I have a good night's sleep. And I wake up feeling good. Wait a second. It's New Year's Day and I'm waking up in London. I have dreamed about this for a long time. I remember in my early 20s, I've known for a very long time that coming here to London was always an option for me. Because my, I grew up in a very European-valued home my grandmother was from England, my grandfather from Poland. And so I always knew that I had the option of coming here. And I dreamed of it well into my 20s. I'm going to go there one day. I'm going to live there one day. I don't know when, but I, I know I have the availability. I have the option. I'm going to do it one day. And here I am. It hits me. It finally hits me. I open my eyes. I live in London, in the United Kingdom. I made this happen. I made this dream of mine happen. What an empowering moment. And it really truly goes to show that anything you dream of, it doesn't have to just remain a dream. Dream it, set a goal, set some action steps, review those action steps often because you'll have setbacks during the action steps and see it through as hard as it is, man, I've gone through so many challenges to be here. So many, so many ups and downs, so many moments of, okay, well, maybe I need to pivot and find another way of doing this. So many moments of, 
oh my goodness, am I actually going to get my passport in time in order for me to move here? And I did it. I accomplished this goal, this dream in my life. And yeah, have I spent a lot of money to be here? Yeah, but the experience and and accomplishing the, the dream is invaluable. I don't know how to explain it, but people spend... And I've always had this unconventional thought process. And I think it really got sparked when my grandfather and I had this one conversation in my early 20s. Actually, it might have been in my late teens. And I asked my grandfather, because he was still working well into his like late age. He was still working until the day he died. And I asked him one time, I said, Granddad, are you ever going to retire? And in his own little way, he always had a way of saying things, you know, man of few words, but he always had a, a punch to it. And he'd say, I, I'm, I think along the lines of, no, when you retire, you get old. Or somewhere along the lines of, no, I'll never retire. And I thought about it, and I've had many conversations with my dad about this, and I think my dad... I'm not sure if my dad believes in not retiring. I think part of him really does want to retire at some point. But I think him and I have had these conversations about, you know, the concept of retiring and and how my grandfather never wanted to retire. And he, he was still working until the day he died. Was he working hard work? No, he was a translator for the government. And so he would do some work here and there. And and he was still visiting people in, you know, nursing homes that were people that were younger than him. He he had this young spirit to him. And having these conversations with my family made me really reflect on life at such a young age, well into my late teens, early 20s. Like me having these conversations, these really in-depth conversations at, at a young age has really sparked my thought process and and why I do the things I do and, and why I didn't just do, you know, the conventional go to school, find your boyfriend, marry your boyfriend, buy a house, have babies, live your nine to five job. Like that to me is boring. <laughs> it has never been something that I've ever wanted in my life. And so I think about it and I, and I have had many conversations with past partners who have that very conservative viewpoint of, no, when you're 65, you retire. And then you go travel when you retire because now you have all this money saved. And you have to make sure you have this savings for your retirement. And I remember having this conversation with one of my partners that actually turned into a very ugly fight. And I said to him, but you're living now. You could die tomorrow. You could get hit by a car tomorrow, which, by the way, we've come to realize it's possible. I mean, I got hit by a car when I first got here. You could die tomorrow and have never really lived because you have lived for the future, not for the now. You are not living in the now, you are not present. You are living for a future you don't even know exists. And he couldn't quite wrap his mind around it. He was so close-minded and conservative, and I think that's why it turned into a really ugly fight. He couldn't see my viewpoint. I couldn't see 
why he couldn't see my viewpoint. And so it really, having these discussions with my family and partners and and experiencing both the closed-minded view and the open-minded view, I formulated my own viewpoint a little bit more in depth. Yes, it's important to think about your future. I don't think you should just completely forget about your future and old age and what that's going to look like, for sure. But you're living now. Why would you not do your travels now? Why would you not live your dreams now or at least try living your dreams? And another thing that came from my dad when I was making the decision to come over here and he said, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You don't like it? You come back home. But if you don't go, you'll never know what it's like. You'll never have experienced it. You'll never know. And it's true. What's the worst that can happen by trying to follow your dreams and making an action plan and following that action plan? What's the worst that could happen? Why are we as a human species nowadays in in modern societies so afraid of failure? And I've failed so many times. I had a business that looked like I was doing well, but I can tell you right now I wasn't doing very well at all. I failed on so many accounts with that, with marketing, with planning, with executing things and I spent money on it and I probably shouldn't have spent money on it, but I did anyways and I failed and you never know until you fail. You don't grow unless you fail. And there's many university classes where, you know, there's one university class that I must have taken three times over. It was microbiology for the life of me. I still don't understand it. And I've taken it three times. I failed twice. I got a, a D the third time. And then I was like, oh, well, I guess nursing's not for me. And now I tell my students this concept, this teaching. Well, if you don't try, you'll never be able to learn from your mistakes. And that's how we learn. We don't learn by being perfect. We don't learn by following society's outline of what our life should look like. We learn by trying, by following our intuition, our passions, by giving it a shot. We learn by failure. Yeah, you're going to fail. You most likely, the odds are probably you're going to most likely fail before you succeed. And that's okay. And that's the whole part of the learning process of growing and discovering yourself and experiencing life and developing wisdom so you can pass that wisdom on to your children or to your grandchildren, or maybe if you are in the teaching world, you know, your, your students, to other people around you. That's how we become more wise individuals as we get older, is by experiencing life. You don't become wise by working a nine-to-five job, having your life outlined for you for the next 20 years until you retire, That's not wisdom developing. Maybe there's some little things along the way that's wisdom developing, but the true wisdom development is experiencing life. 
So as you move forward into the next week ahead, and over the next week, think about it. What is what has been your ultimate dream that you haven't yet tried to tap into and try to accomplish? What's holding you back from accomplishing it? And what are some action steps you can take in order to get closer to that dream to really live life? What is it that you really want to do in life that lights your soul up, that makes you feel that passion on the inside, that makes you feel that incredible amount of happiness that no person or pet or thing, material object could give you? That thing that's within inside of you that as a kid, you may have even thought about it, or even as an adult, as you think about it, it brings this lightness to your soul. And you're like, oh man, that would be the ultimate dream. And I'm not talking winning a million dollars or anything like that. It's still material objects. But that one thing, that one thing of that dream of yours that you want to accomplish, what is holding you back from that? As always, much gratitude for tuning in and listening to my thought process and my stories, my adventures. I so appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Like, this is exactly why I do this podcast is, you know, to have my stories and and my thoughts out there um, in, in hopes that, you know, my words inspire someone out there, even if it's just one person. That's my sole purpose. Have a great week ahead. Any feedback you have, feel free to give it. Send it over in a DM, in an email, whichever your preference. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 oh,